for joining me for another episode of the Record Spinner Podcast. This is episode 23, just an update episode. It's going to be brief. We're going to be short. I'm going to let you go really quickly here, um, but I do want to cover a few things, and I do have a little topic here for today, so bear with me as I get through the episode or the updates. Sorry. First on the updates is the engagement. Thank you for all of the engagement. Thank you for doing all of the things I ask of you. I feel like I don't ask for much, um, especially in this podcast, um, in this podcast industry where uh, I, I watch a lot of podcasts myself and listen to a lot of podcasts. There are some crazy podcasters out there, man. Like there are podcasters who, want, who demand money of their patrons or, or their listeners. There are podcasters who who hold their content ransom until they get paid and all of that stuff. I mean, if that's your if that's your speed, if that's your your motif, go for it. Go forth and do great things. But the things that I ask here at the Record Spinner Podcast are very simple. I have a day job, you know, so I don't need your money. What I would like is your support in other ways, like rate, subscribe. Um, if you can't do any of those things, share the podcast with a friend who may actually like music, vinyl, black artists, black art, etc., etc. Um, I, I don't want I don't want anyone to feel as if my call my call to action is something that they can't do all of these things are things that you can definitely do to help the podcast to help me to help the algorithm i recently got an email that let me know that i'm in a ranking i'm i'm in i'm in a rank i'm in a high high ranking position in music commentary podcast that's awesome news that's really cool news i was really happy to hear that like kudos to fucking me right like that's awesome but if i don't feel the love if i if i'm not getting the type of engagement that i want though that's the emails that's the you know the people you know commenting under the stories and, and and leaving me the messages in the dm all that stuff i want that stuff i need that stuff to continue with the type of program that i have um with the type of project that i want to bring forth on this platform I need you guys to continue to give me the back and forth. And when you guys stop giving me the back and forth, like kind of this past week was a very slow week on the Record Spinner podcast front. I didn't get a lot of emails. So give me some of those emails. I'm, I'm looking at emails from last week now because, you know, I, I didn't get anything but two emails this past week. More, more, more. Give me more. I want it. I need it for this podcast to become successful. And I want this to become successful. So you can do that. You can reach out to me at the record spinner podcast at gmail.com. DM me or follow me on IG and Twitter at rebirth of the cool. And of course the website, check me out at the record spinner.com. First on updates, digging for Weldon, the documentary that I finally was able to see this past week was fire i did not expect it to be that good um knowing a lot about master well knowing as much as i know about master well i kind of went into this thinking it was kind of be 
kind of going to be a refresher course, right? Like something where, you know, I, I'm most of, I'm mostly agreeing with, with what the documentary is presenting, but I had to, I had to whip out the pen and pad on this documentary. I was taking notes because there were things that I did not know about Master Well. I didn't know that his father played 17 instruments. I didn't know that in addition to Master Well being an amazing musician who worked with all of the amazing musicians that of his time and even of, you know, of our time, he also was a really savvy businessman who taught a lot of musicians the business side of of the music industry. I'm talking about publishing rights and and writer credits and and how to get your publishing established things that are super important today and we and we look at them today as like okay like if you're in the music industry we we all know this we choose our routes based off of the most money we think we can gain and the quickest money we think we can gain but in his day you know it was him and it was you know a gg grace and or grice sorry um, and it was a few others, but, you know, this wasn't a common thing. Grice was one of the big names before him who, who kind of paved the way for, you know, teaching people about publishing and, and doing the things their own route. But Weldon's in that category with Grice. So shout outs to the documentary for exposing that part of it. Also didn't know, um, fun fact about Weldon was that his collaborations were far reaching, far more reaching than, than what I initially spelled out. Um, Horace Silver actually did a rendition of uh, Liberated Brother. Uh, Freddie Hubbard, he collabed with Freddie Hubbard on a number of tracks. Um, did I write those tracks down? Of course not. Um, he collabed with Freddie Hubbard, though, and that's cool. Um, but the main thing I want to talk about here on this in this little topic, in this little segment, it's a very sad one, actually. Master Well left us by suicide. I talked about that in, in my initial episode about Master, Master Well. But I also speculated on a few things about Master Well and, and why he did what he did that I kind of have to add on to after seeing this documentary. And that's a, that's a sign of a really good documentary, right? Because it, it focused, it hovered around this this very dark cloud that followed uh, Master Well for most of his life, and this cloud was recognition. Master Well never really received the recognition that he thought he ought to have received, and honestly, looking at the evidence now, especially in hindsight, I'm in agreement with that. Master Well taught a lot of musicians uh, not only about the the music, but again about the business. And then he watched these people become big names, household names, some of them. And he watched them make money off of things that he created. They sampled. And never really, I mean, they paid him. Yeah, of course they paid him. They, they gave him something. But no one ever begged the question. No one ever asked the question. No one ever dug deep enough to get to master well. I'm talking obviously from the consumer standpoint, right? And this is a big problem that I have with consumers. This is why I like artists like Madlib and Dilla and The Alchemist, Static Selecta. I'm just thinking about some of the guys, Ninth Wonder, 
another one like some of the guys who are sample heavy because they don't use the sample in the way that it's just exploitive right they're not using it just to make a great track like that is a part of it but you can definitely tell that there's some schooling being done there there's some education being done there they want to create a curiosity out of this music that they create that maybe sends you back to look at some old Bob James records to send you back to look at some old Master Well records you know so I, I think it's super important that as consumers of art and entertainment if however you look at music I look at music as art some look at it as entertainment people who look at it as entertainment typically look at top 40 popular music etc people that look at it as art typically look at independent artists uh, self-published artists etc that's the divide that's the stereotypical divide because there are exceptions in both categories right there are people who think mainstream and top 40 is art there are people who think underground music is entertainment so i, I get that but what i'm saying is that however you look at the music however you view the form the art form of music you need to be a intelligent consumer about it and what I, what do i mean by intelligent consumer don't just stop with what you heard what you heard is a gateway just like they told us weed was when we were in high school it's a gateway to learning more more about music so it's just it's not just to make you like the music that they create it's to also question where did you get that from because obviously they didn't create that right they took that at the at the perfect place the perfect time signature ripped it from its original song and placed it in a cooler song or a more hip song or whatever how you want to put it whatever but the job is on us to go back has to be man has to be and i like the i highlight the artists that i highlight because i think a lot of times they cite sources and i don't mean that in a way that like you know they they shout out in the track or give credit to in the track i mean obviously that there's some legal stuff there where you can't you don't want to necessarily do that but what i mean is they leave a trail they don't try to erase the the marks that the old artist left on a song they leave us some of that oh like i, I think i kind of hear what that is i, I kind of hear that that's a jazz guitar now i need to go look at jazz guitars i need to go see some of the big jazz guitar solos or jazz guitar tracks of the 70s and 80s or 70s and 60s whatever so yeah i think the documentary did an amazing job of highlighting why master well felt the way he did and honestly it did a really good job to me of convincing me that he was right in his suspicion to to feel neglected by not only the fans not only us consumers who buy music but also his fellow musicians who sort of left him hanging after learning all they learned and taking all the lessons that they that they took they just left him but you know you take you take from this man i think it's important to just cite your source I, i'm not going to go all day on this i, I do want to say though that 
the documentary was absolutely amazing. Kudos to Victorious DaCosta for doing such an amazing documentary. It's made me a fan of yours for sure. So uh, shout outs. Um, and, and if you're hearing this, if you listen to the Record Spinner podcast, I would love to talk to you. Um, and, and that would be great to kind of sit down and, and chop it up with you about Brother Well, Master Well. Really learned some real cool things. Uh, one of the funnier, I guess, lighter hearted things that I learned about Master Well, and I kind of knew this before, but he was a weapons enthusiast. And I knew this before because I'm kind of a weapons enthusiast myself. And uh, uh, rumor has it he used to always carry around, uh, he used to always carry around this knife, this pocket knife, this really big pocket knife, of course. Um, and apparently he was really good with the blade too. So that's interesting to know. Um, yeah, I think all around it was one of those documentaries where you just, like I said, it's not one of those things where I felt like I was just agreeing with, I, I was looking for the holes in the information because I know Master Well was one of those things where I was learning. I was learning about Master Well, almost like I had just heard about him yesterday. So I like stuff like that. That was really good. Um, kudos again all around to all of the interviewers. There were some really cool um, interviewees, I guess they're called. Um, I want to highlight, I want to shout out a few of them. Uh, Rich Medicine, um, I loved some of his points and some of his uh, perspectives. Um, DJ Spinner, of course, I, I, you know, I had to highlight that because, you know, that's the record spinner. Um, and of course, uh, Earl Holder from Rare Groove Sessions. I, I want to actually reach out to him because I would love to talk to him more about just music in general. So, so yeah, really, really good documentary. Strongly encourage you to go check it out if you haven't or if you want to learn more about Master Well. I'm going to move forward now. So, <laughs> um, on a more personal note, uh, I just actually got back not too long ago um from uh, a guest host spot and um the show was called or the show is called the collector's corner and it's um done by a gentleman named jackson here in dc and um we got in the same room we all met up at hr records and um we we chopped it up a little bit um uh, mostly we interviewed uh a, an amazing saxophone artist uh, i called him a saxophone beast um, cause he's, he's my age, but he's just so introspective and insightful and knowledgeable about the music and about where it comes from. And I mean, jazz, of course, um, Eliza Jamal Balbid, really cool guy to talk to, um, actually gave me a ride home, which is super cool too. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, cause I, I talk all the time about how HR is all the way out there, but I took a lift and I was going to take a lift back, but you know shout out for the ride bro no we were able to just chop it up and 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 thank you for charvis to charvis from hr records he's the owner and thank you for uh, giving us the space to do that and, and i strongly encourage you guys to check out the uh the the episode we did i didn't ask many questions i was kind of new to the whole thing um i hadn't met anybody previously and you know how that is man like you got to fill out the chemistry and stuff so but uh, but yeah, I was really really engaged with Jackson. He's a really cool guy. So I hope they uh, I hope they have me back. I hope we do something else in the future. If not, you know, it's cool. But uh, I would really like to to do more stuff with with at least Charvis, but definitely Charvis and and Jackson for sure. So I'll link. I I, I think I'll link the uh, live stream if I can. It's not live anymore, obviously, but it's um there's a link for it. I think that I can I can put on it. 
put on this episode. Um, it was really fun. It was really fun to do. Uh, there was a there was an official production, and it was visual. It's a it was a video cast, not like a you know a podcast like this. Um, and so yeah, I enjoyed it. Enjoyed it a lot. Um, and and this guy talking about Elijah Jamal. This guy is he's the next thing. I'm telling you, um, amazing musician. He's played with some great names, some big names, some huge names. DC hometown heroes like Chuck Brown. He played with him. Like, how in the hell do you play with Chuck Brown? He, he told us an amazing story about playing with Chuck Brown that I think is very uh, interesting. And, and I think if I were in the same position, I would have shat myself. <laughs> so check out that interview. Uh, my last update is um, I finally got that that record from uh from germany well i I got two records outstanding from germany one of those i finally received um this was my long-awaited copy of liberated brother by weldon Irvine. speaking of weldon Irvine, right um now the only records that i have outstanding are weldon and the cats which i also ordered from germany and uh all my stone throw stuff which um which I just got word from Stone's Throw that they actually shipped it out. So I should be getting that this week. Um, again, the Stone's Throw stuff was just some last minute doom stuff that uh, that I found on the low low because already they've overpriced and outpriced the doom stuff. So if you're just getting into MF Doom, I, I read this comment actually on Mad Villainy on Discogs and the commenter said, I wish I got into Mad Villains earlier because now I, I can't afford any of the Mad Villain records. And I am I wanted to feel sorry for him on the one hand, but it's just like, bro, bro, like, don't cry about it. Just you, now you got to pay. Now you just got to pay, bro. Give up that give up that $70 for that, for that Mad Villain. I'm glad I got like three copies of that record. <laughs> Jeez, I may sell one, actually, and like sell it for a fair price. Maybe I don't know um that's it for my updates that's it so i'm gonna move right out into the the vinyl recommendation of the week here at the record spinner podcast we do a vinyl recommendation every week and the uh recommendation for this week is walt dickerson's piece this is a record that i just got from uh hr actually from from the show that i just did over there at hr records and uh, it's a 1975 classic steeplechase steeplechase records is um is a danish record record producer um or a record label rather um and they they put out some really fire stuff in the 70s so uh this is kind of in in the same vein as a lot of their other stuff that they have out i have a lot of i have a lot of steeplechase records actually which is weird you kind of just end up having a lot of weird like inner city and steeplechase and all that stuff you just end up with a lot of that stuff when you collect records so what can i say about the record the actual record walt dickerson's piece it's peaceful and as my girlfriend likes to put it it's like a trippy lullaby if that can be of any service to anybody's ears so go check it out i, I don't want to spend too much time on that though i do want to get to the the topic because I want to end it here in the next five five minutes at least. The topic today is we're going to discuss my alias. 
and why the alias, why it's necessary. Ladies and gentlemen, my real name is not Noel. It may come as a shock to you, right? Like, okay, so why do you have a why do you have an alias? Why don't you use your real name? Good question. I don't use my real name for this project because of the climate that we find ourselves in as a nation. I'll explain because you may not understand where I'm fully going with that. Right now in this country, we have we have a a misunderstanding of epic proportions. Black Lives Matter is a radical group, quote unquote, to a lot of people in the kosher community. On this podcast, I discuss themes of black liberation, organizations, groups, people who are not seen in the greatest light in mainstream America. Now, this makes for a lot of controversy, unfortunately. And I have a day job where I'm paid decently to do what I do. So, in short, until this podcast starts paying what I'm making or more, I need the alias to protect my livelihood. Because unfortunately, as a black man talking about black music and talking about black liberationist themes, Nation of Islam, Nation of Gods and Earths, Moors, uh, the, the what the the Hebrew Israelites, all this stuff I talk about when I talk about hip hop artists and I talk about the connections and jazz and all this stuff. I talk about these I talk about these groups and these movements. The Black Panther Party. I did I did recently see um, the Fred Hampton movie. I thought it was okay. I have some thoughts about it, but you know, whatever. This podcast is to me a really radical symbol of what I stand for in real life. And for those who know me, know what I'm saying. Who I am in real life, who I am in my everyday is this person on this microphone. This alias isn't some this isn't a doom created character. This isn't me this isn't the dark side of me this isn't the 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 evil or the villain within me talking to you this is the same person i am at work essentially but luckily for work i don't have to discuss what black liberation means or what black liberation looks like or black art even but here i want to be able to do so in a way where i don't feel filtered in a way that i don't feel censored in a way that I don't feel threatened that if I say something about a white person or a white group or a, a, a black group that isn't kosher that isn't up to par with mainstream thought that I technically I'm not going to be held accountable for that now for those who do a little bit of research you'll quickly find my real name it's not hard I, I'm not I didn't bury it I didn't say it doesn't exist. I didn't wipe it from the web. But it is important that I maintain a certain level of discretion, a certain level of separation between what I do every day in my podcast and my platform. 
because it is very important to me that I am able to talk about the things that I want to talk about and not feel threatened. So that's essentially it. That's essentially the show. I wanted to tell you guys that my alias is not me hiding from who from this person who I've invented in my head and I, and I keep him in my head. This isn't some release of sorts of like any type of secrets that I've been holding. You talk to me more than five minutes, you're going to end up talking to me about something that has black liberation and so black nationalist perspectives to it. You are. It's just going to happen white or black and sometimes when i talk to white people about these things they get a little mad they get a little angry they get a little sad they start crying they start asking me why i hate white people and i don't hate white people i just don't care so noel's the name and noel is who i really am if you put two and two together it's really easy to decode but if you're not that bright you're not that bright but don't ever think that because my name is different that somehow that makes this person different. Or that means I'm some like cuckoo like talking out of the side of his neck. I do this because it's strategic. The Record Spinner Podcast is on route to becoming a, a, a non-profit. <laughs> and this is what it should be. The black groups that I talk about, some of them are on domestic terrorist lists. Now, think about that. And then you think about the fact that I'm using an alias to make sure I protect my identity and liability if it ever gets out that this podcast is, if this podcast ever becomes a big thing. It's the world we're living in, man. And so... I would get it if I was a white nationalist or a member of the Klan. But honestly, they don't have to hide. <laughs> they don't. They don't have to use aliases. They use their real names. And it's fine. They still are in the police force. They still are in the courtrooms. They're still in the classrooms. But for a black man talking about black things, unfortunately, yes, I have to use an alias because I work around white people. That's been my time. You can find the Record Spinner podcast again on all streaming platforms. If you're on, if you're using any of those platforms, please like, rate, subscribe, all of that good stuff. You can email me questions, concerns, comments, whatever, complaints, even at the Record Spinner podcast at gmail.com. Check out the website, therecordspinner.com. Next week, I will have a real treat for you guys. I'm really excited to present this very, very cool, cool thing that I'm going to be presenting to you guys. That's all I can say about it. Take it easy out there, guys. That's been my time. Peace. Peace.